Hello and welcome to the Retail Influencer by 20 Cent Retail. Many reconsider their meat consumption and nobody denies that plant-based alternatives are a necessity on the shelves. But did consumers really abandon meat? And should alternatives be allowed to use whichever name they want just for marketing purposes? To discuss these points, my guest for this episode is Michael Gore, Managing Director of FEBEF, the Belgian Meat Federation. Here's our chat. Hello, Michael. Thank you for being here. Hi, Vincent. Uh, today, we're going to chat about uh, the meat market and, and some specific topics about it. Uh, let's start with the uh, first general question about the market in, uh, and its situation today. Um, how is the overall meat consumption? Like, Do people eat less meat, more meat? Uh, do they forget about meat? How, how is it going? Well, perhaps we can go back to the COVID pandemic first, because what we saw during COVID is that consumers were more interested in local supply chains. We saw an increase in climate consciousness, animal welfare, etc. So overall, we could see that there was an increased awareness of consumers because of the fact people had more time to reflect and were pushed into shorter food supply chains because of the global market disruption. So we've seen that consumption of meat has increased since the pandemic, home yeah. consumption, because consumers found a way back to cooking for themselves. So uh, we do see that even today, out-of-home consumption volumes have not been reinstated compared to pre-COVID uh, times. So Okay, so people eat more meat than before COVID at home? Yes. Maybe. Yes, okay. absolutely. So, um, but what we do see as a whole is that meat consumption has remained quite stable during these last few years, if you look at the GFK figures. So we, what we do have seen is that there are some changes within meat segments. So for example, we've seen a decline in beef, but it was compensated in part by poultry or pork. Okay. So um, what we do see is that we have invested considerably as a sector in communication to explain consumers that the meat that they find in our Belgian shops and butcheries has been locally sourced, is of high quality and meets those strict animal welfare and food safety requirements. So we've tried to um, go into the mindset of the consumers and I think COVID was a good time to do so because we've seen what is important for our local consumers and how can we as an industry um, work towards those increased demands. And, and if we want to compare this uh, meat consumption to the plant-based alternatives, because as you mentioned, there is a lot of more awareness about uh, the planet and about local products and all those kind of things. Uh, if, if I read certain reports or certain press releases more, uh, should I say, it's like people forget meat and just go for plant-based alternatives. That's not the case, I suppose. Uh, could you maybe perhaps give us a bit more insight on how does meat consumption and, and plant-based alternatives uh, stare at each other on the market? Well, I have um, listed two studies. So the first one is one that was performed in February 2022 by VLAM, which is the Flemish Institute or the Flemish organization that promotes agricultural products mm -hmm. of which meat. And they confirmed in an IVOC study that 96% of Belgians still eat meat 
compared to 2% of people that don't eat meat, fish or meat alternatives or plant-based alternatives. So for us, it's quite clear that plant-based products are currently not being accepted either by vegetarians or vegans because they are ultra-processed. So what we see is that those plant-based producers are trying to get into the market of what they call flexitarians. Yeah. So that's a term used to identify consumers who also tend to eat plant-based products so they can open up their market share. But what we have seen is that there has been a very slight decline in consumption of fish and crustaceans, where we see that that percentage has been taken over by uh, meat alternatives. So it's all by all, it's a very small increase. It's 0.1% on a 1.2% home consumption of meat alternatives. So it's an important increase in market share in a very small part of the market, if I explain myself well. You know, you did very well, actually. It's, uh, it's good to have some numbers uh, on, on, on that thing. Yeah. And actually to put that in comparison, that indeed people still eat meat and plant-based alternatives are not just the one solution taking over, uh, as, as some press release say, or the ones that I get. But yeah, good good, good points. Well explained. Thanks. You're welcome. Um, now, uh, th there is something, because uh, I, I suppose, and, and, and in general, that the, the industry, uh, you don't see those uh, plant alternatives as, as the enemy or whatever. But there is a question about the name debate, as I call it. Um, and I would like to get more in, in depth on, on that. Do you think, as in general, as uh, in the industry, that there should be a total freedom about names used in the plant-based meat industry or plant alternatives? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, that's, that's clear. Um, because for us, if, if you look at the product meat, it is uh, highly regulated and it also has a very specific composition and it is not necessarily met by plant-based products or so-called alternatives. So meat as such is a dense product um, it has, um, it's rich in minerals, such as iron, for example, vitamins and proteins. And it would be misleading to give plant-based products meat-like names if you refer to anatomical muscle parts or species, because there's no link in terms of that composition or alternative nutritional value. Um, yeah. Also, if you look at the legal framework, there is a clear definition on meat. Mm -hmm. Meat is a muscle base. It's been clearly explained in a whole range of European um, regulations. We even have royal decrees in Belgium dating back to the 80s that set out the rules for the production of minced meats and sausages to guarantee the quality of the raw materials used and that was in the name of consumer protection and avoid consumers being misled. So it's about the quality of the product and being sure that the consumer gets what he or she pays for. And those royal decrees are still in use and applicable today. So no, uh, and uh, it would be absolutely misleading to um, use meat denominations 
with that context in uh, of our plant-based products. So, so for you guys, uh, like total freedom shouldn't be there, and and there should be a few a few regulations. Like as you'd mentioned just now, if meat is very well defined, those things like plant-based alternatives or other alternatives should also have clear definitions and and regulations in in a certain way. Absolutely, absolutely. And but but at the same time, it, it feels that uh, there's been attempts by the European uh, legislator or by local legislator to do some things, and each time, it seems that to find a workable solution or a text uh, is not easy uh, or, or doesn't even conclude to a text. Uh, why do you think that that this didn't succeed so far? I think it's partly based on marketing. And being able to place your product in uh, or display your products in in a supermarket and where to do mm -hmm. so if you are trying to imitate meat to put it in the meat shelf. So I think that the main issue that we have is the fact that there's no consensus because some actors producing plant-based alternatives, they just want to be able to use the full scala of mm -hmm. meat names and denominations for their plant-based products. And so they are, frankly, I don't think they are interested in the creation of guidelines or rules. Um, but on the other hand, we as an industry are strictly governed by rules, ensuring food safety, animal welfare, product quality. So it would be a logical approach, I think, to organize and structure how the plant-based industry communicates in a B2B and B2C setting. Um, I can say on a national level, we've had a couple of meetings with the Ministry of Economic Affairs and Consumer Protection in order to establish some kind of clear guideline. But it seems that for us, or not for us, but for them, the water is too deep to be transparent about the products that they sell. Mm -hmm. So we are not opposed to companies selling plant-based products as long as they don't use meat denominations or animal parts or manipulated product denominations resembling meat products. And it, it even goes further, I think, because you have the same debate that can be linked to more elaborate dishes which have for centuries been linked to uh, meat I think in Belgium, everyone knows the term volovant yeah. or stews in, in the UK. So it's clear that consumers can be misled even more with assembled products where the visual attributes don't allow you to distinguish a meat product from a plant-based one. So consumers have never before have had to think whether the product they are buying could be plant-based because it was never before. So it can induce error. Okay. So I think that's an important one. And but but uh, and it's good that you just mentioned it this way because this is often the excuse that I hear from marketing people of plant-based or alternatives or, or any alternatives is that, yeah, but you say that it can induce confusion, but all consumers are not... Uh, confused uh, according to them and for them that excuse to say people are not confused that means that we should not have any restrictions so what, what's your position on that like because I often tell them you know I have a bike which I use as an alternative for my car quite often but I don't call this a car with two wheels uh, I call this a bicycle 
but then they say, oh no, we still, if we were to call it a car with two wheels, you wouldn't be confused anyway. What, mm. What's your position on that? I am convinced that it is misleading, as I already mentioned. Um, even more that we had um, the same institute, FLAM, so the Flemish uh, Agricultural Organization, that um, performed a study in 2020. Mm -hmm. And apparently 68% of Belgians agree with the fact that the referral to meat for plant-based alternatives is misleading. So I think it makes it clear and unambiguous. It was a study, I think a thousand people participated in it. So 68% is more than a majority. So yeah. I think, yes, it, it is a clear indicator that there is um, a need for regulation. Okay, so so if I can sum up the 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 your 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 speech just now, basically what you guys are saying is alternatives should exist. We don't mind as long as they are just following certain rules because everybody should be regulated in a certain way. Absolutely, that that's absolutely clear, and I think it would make it more transparent. It would also allow another positioning, I think, of plant-based alternatives within um, the market environment. All right. Well, uh, before we conclude, I mean, I always love to ask this, this last question uh, is, what do you expect within this debate in, in the near future? Do you think that, that alternatives are going to make themselves a place in the market uh, and, and a worthy place, like totally different? Do you think that meat is going to overtake it anyway in the end? So so what what are your expectations for the near future and maybe a bit further? Well, I think I have two elements that I would like to uh, present. The first is to keep focused on local supply chains mm -hmm. and make sure that we can invest in the future of local farming and make sure that we can increase our food supply resilience. And um, even though people would not agree with what I'm about to say, but I think export also has a place in making sure that we can make our processes circular and complement other countries with products that we would not necessarily consume ourselves. So there, there are differences in uh, habits and and what people eat across the world. So there, there are some, um, I do see an advantage in, in export um, in, in that instance. And then secondly, I think it's important for consumers to be able to make informed choices. So for us, meat is part of a sustainable diet and whoever wants to eat plant-based alternatives is free to do so based on their own choice and conviction, but without being misled. And I think that resumes quite well the discussion that we uh, just had actually. Uh, well, uh, it does indeed. And, and indeed, we could talk about this all day, but uh, thank you for a wonderful conclusion because we are coming to the end of the of the show. Um, Michael, uh, it was a pleasure to have you uh, and, and thank you very much for all your very structured answer. And I hope to talk to you uh, another time very soon. Thank you for the invitation. That's all for this episode. Don't forget to check out 20centretail.com for more retail stories. Till next time, enjoy the rest of your week and thank you for listening.